0: Building dreams on The Young Money Show where entrepreneurial dreams become a reality. My name is Taku David and we are back for another exciting episode of the Young Money show. Guys, this is one that I've personally been excited for ever since meeting up with Samuel a couple of weeks ago at a summit. He's one guy that I've looked at and said this is a young man that we need to get on the program to share his thoughts and to share his insights. He's really the blueprint of the type of person we want on the show. Samuel, thank you so much for being on the program. Thanks a lot Taku, it's such a pleasure. If, for those who don't know Samuel, Samuel is an upcoming pan-African entrepreneur. He's the founder of Zayed Depositories and the group CEO of the Aura Group, which is a conglomerate of about 12 subsidiaries, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, spanning yeah. over various, various industries. Diverse industries from farming, manufacturing, supply chain,
1: mining, agro-processing across all those industries.
0: So Sam, let's get straight into the yeah. crux of the matter. Okay. Sam, at 23 years old, yeah. you automated the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange. Yes. That's true? That's great, My man, how did you get the audacity? Where did you get, you know, the, the bravery mm-hmm. to conceptualize doing something so big at such a young age?
1: Okay, so it was a very simple thing at that time and it just came from asking the simple questions. Rewind back eight years before I read business books. You know, I didn't grow up in a rich family by societal standards and I knew I wanted to make money, I knew I wanted to be rich. I just didn't know the process. So I read business books, I got information, and one of the things that I took home from those books was to invest on the stock market. So by the time I was 15 years old, I was buying and selling shares in the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange. I spotted an opportunity there as I was trading, I asked myself simple questions like, you know, I can get prices of shares in New York and London and China, but Zimbabwe I can't. What's the problem? You know why are we electronic? Why are we dealing in manual shares? So I started asking questions, meeting the brokers, meeting the industry players and understanding how the market worked and I, when I was 17, you know, I said I'm gonna try have a go at this project. And the long and short of it, from the time I was 17 to 23 years old, a six-year period of which, over that time, I took time to understand the market, I partnered with the right people and the right teams, and found the right financiers to make this project a success. And we opened doors for trading in when I was 23 in 2014, and um, it was actually my birthday month, and I turned 24 later that month. And since then, we've managed to have securities deposits which have picked at US 10 billion US dollars, and we have transacted over 5 billion US dollars since 2014 in September. And I can safely say that Chengezezi. Just to give you context, if you combine all the bank deposits of all the banks in Zimbabwe, they're only half of what Chinggitiza has under its deposits. Wow.
0: That is, I think, a story that can motivate anyone, can get anyone to want to whip themselves into action. But no, tell me the truth. You know, how do we get, for many young people, I think lots of people, myself, you know, we've all had great ideas, brilliant ideas that we think can change the world, that can, you know, revolutionize the way we do business. But how do you really take something from concept to implementation? What gives you that confidence to even think that you can take it and present it and be taken seriously by the stakeholders you're, you're chatting you, you to? At what? a young age like that. You know so? what,
1: Taku? If you believe you're a winner, guess what? You're right. If you mm. believe you're a loser, guess what? You're also right. So, Part of it starts with believing in yourself and breaking it down into very simple and small bite-sized tasks. So if you look at this whole journey where I you know, participated in the stock market automation, some people think it's rocket science, but to be honest, it was not rocket science for me. I did not have any education in technology. I did not have any education in financial markets, but I took on this project and I was able to deliver it by taking one step at a time and focusing and, and, and being relentless and pursuing this goal. As long as it could be done, I kept on trying. So that's the simple formula. So taking something from concept to reality, it's about breaking it down into small, you know, achievable milestones and one small thing, you know, achieved after the next, you add them up, it becomes a big achievement. An ordinary person can end up doing extraordinary things just by doing ordinary things daily that are systematically arranged.
0: So that brings me back to that age-old adage, you know, Mm -hmm. are champions born or are they bred? Mm -hmm. How would you say your background was like, you know, growing up and how did that prepare you to become the man that you are today? Okay. So what I would say, my parents grew up in the rural areas, they came to the city, they did the
1: best they could uh, under the circumstances and they created a platform for us to uh, flourish beyond what they had done and um, I do not have any rich uncles or rich aunties so I can say I'm self-made I didn't start from somewhere I have people that helped me along the way which was very critical to my success but it all took the will and determination to start you know people who only help someone that wants to help themselves and people who only support someone that has a vision of something that is bigger than uh, and beyond them and one of the things is sometimes people want to make money making money is not the objective you must have a cause that's bigger than you bigger than making money you know when you solve a problem money is a natural consequence it will come
0: to you without you even asking for it. Going into the more boring stuff, the real nitty-gritties of, yeah. the, of the Nyaya, so okay. to say. Yeah. When I watched an interview of you some time ago, when you were saying that you know what you identified was that there wasn't enough information mm-hmm. about the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange. Yes, yes. And since you know coming on of you know your solution to the Zimbabwe Stock yeah. Exchange. Yeah. How would you say that landscape has changed?
1: When we set up IT Posture Company, it was set up for the capital markets industry. Zimbabwe Stock Exchange being one of them, but it's the biggest market at the present moment. Um, and we created the backbone and foundation for capital market automation. So what we did in v- enabled. The Zimbabwe Stock Exchange to then introduce an automated trading system, and beyond the automated trading system, we have retail trading platforms like ZSC Direct and C Trade, and these platforms are then used. You can download applications on your phone today and trade, buy and sell shares. And I would encourage people to do that. Download C Trade or ZSC Direct, whatever works for you better, and use them. You know, learn to trade. Put in a hundred dollars or fifty dollars or whatever you can, but do something and you know, learn about investing. So just to also answer the other part of your question, now you have a situation where we have a market that's fully automated, right from retail investor, which is me and you, buying shares all the way to the market where they're traded into the back office for clearing and settlement all that is fully automated the zimbabwe stock exchange gives data feeds to everyone in the world so in any way in the world you can access that market data near real time
0: forgive me for being a layman but i, I imagine right now that probably yeah. the biggest competition towards having everyday zimbabweans invest in the stock exchanges mm-hmm. and formal markets people feel that the returns would be a lot quicker mm-hmm. but what do you have to say about that you know how do you feel you know from an educated position
1: so if i take you back when i dropped out of high school i dropped out of high school when i was 17 years old and it was hyperinflation times so if you asked anybody at that time they were willing. Really and dealing and that's what made the money but willing and dealing is not sustainable in the long run the informal sector is not yes it can give you arbitrage opportunities and making quick money there but it's seldom sustained over a long time so when you then have these formal platforms you can actually create a strategy around them and build on that and i'll always encourage doing something that is a long-term sustainability because these short-term things you'll always be chasing your tail you'll make lots of money and you'll spend it very quickly and you'll be looking for more and then this opportunity closes something opens up one day uh, what what were those (laughs) and we are not really focusing on something that is long-term sustainability
0: there's there's one side of pain that's the suffering and the discomfort side of pain that's why everybody raised their hands when i first asked do you have everybody ever been through pain because that hurts you remember what that felt like but then there's another side of pain that's called effort it's called glory it's called if you can find a way to push through pain, there's something greater on the other side of it. And and, and if you never tap into it, it's because the first time you felt it, you backed off. You are also the CEO, the group CEO of the Aura Group, yes, which is a conglomerate with a wide range of initiatives that you're running in different yes. industries. In this diverse space, you know, what are the opportunities? You know, where are the industries that young people can actually participate? Okay. Where the barriers of entry are a bit less? So, to answer your question, I'll flip it the other way around.
1: If I knew where money could be made, I wouldn't be telling anyone. i would be doing it myself. So. Oh, people often come to me and ask me, Oh, okay, what are the dea- ideas to make money? And I simply tell them, if I knew where the money was made, I'll I'm go there. And nawe and do Right? but what I can say from a principal perspective is that I think everyone's career is like a fingerprint. We all are born into unique circumstances and situations of life. We have unique skills and talents and abilities, right? Which enable us to be effective in different opportunities. Something that works for me might not work for you, and something that works for you might not work for because our unique set of beliefs and value systems and skills and talents that we have.
0: A guy like you, a genius, so to say. You know, I think any 17 year old who can come up with the type of innovation that you have, I would call that a genius in his own right. Okay. Um, You run a group of about 12 companies where you have to employ the best of the best staff. I imagine that the recruitment process under someone like you would be quite rigorous. Mm -hmm. With the high expectations that you have upon yourself, Mm -hmm. how do you go about your recruitment to find, you know, the the ideal person to take care of your babies, so to speak? Okay.
1: So for me, um, I'm always looking for people that are hungry for success, people that want to grow and people that are open to learning. More importantly, I've also been actively working with young people if you look at our group um, we have 12 companies and six strategic projects that we're working on our employees are 324 the last time i checked across the group and our average age is probably 25 across the group we have a work culture where when i go into the office i don't care about an eight to five people come and go as they like they just have targets and results to produce that's the kind of people that we look for people that are self-starters that don't need to be monitored that think and solve problems we're looking for intrapreneurs right we, they might not have started an enterprise and be an entrepreneur but look for intrapreneurs people think we'll look at their jobs as businesses those are the kinds of people we look for and they are very difficult to come by but now and then you come across good ones i'll say even when we've recruited we've also come across you know the wrong kind of people and you have to
0: let them go and you have to look for the right ones which brings me to the interesting part you know there's one thing being the entrepreneur and the visionary mm-hmm. and then comes the real nitty-gritties of business which is the management side yes yeah how do you approach that are okay. you a hands-on guy or are you
1: so I'm, I'm completely hands-off to management and i only provide strategic direction i don't even sign uh, you know authorizations for expenditure you know all the line managing directors and their management teams decide how they spend money, how who they contract. And I'm not totally hands-off. So I only get involved in terms of making strategic decisions and giving strategic guidance and also creating strategic linkages between these businesses among themselves. So I'm totally hands-off. I've had a model where the people that are on the ground are the ones that are empowered to make the decisions because they are the ones that know the best decisions to make because of their proximity to their customer base.
0: Wow that's a that's a great skill to have you know I know most people really want to chin I want to see it through I want to see everything. But yeah. you know you end up getting old very young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah indeed. The- you see and
1: also when you want to be hands-on you cannot grow beyond a certain size. Yeah, it's just impossible. Because once you get a certain size, you've got to learn, learn to delegate more and find, you know, uh, sharp people to run those.
0: As someone like you, I think you know you're you're someone who's still pretty young. Uh, you've gotten to enjoy uh, some success. You've gotten to you know enjoy the world a bit. What is success to you now that you've experienced it? What do you re- define success as? I
1: define success as being healthy and happy. That's my definition of success. And for me, success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal. And for me, my ultimate thing is to foster health and happiness in my life and the lives of people around. And I've seen that. The Mechanism and execution. Point of all this is to solve people's problems. So if you if you look at all the uh, businesses that we've created, we're solving problems. We're constantly looking at what are the
0: problems society is facing and how can we solve them, and in a w- way that people be happy to pay us. With all this happiness, yeah. Uh, what has probably been you know one of the the greatest things that you know having a, a success has allowed you to do you know, in your life? What has that allowed you?
1: To so do? S- success has enabled me, and it's a journey. I, I wouldn't say I've arrived because I still have a lot more that I can achieve. Success is being able to live on my own terms. So that's one of the freedoms I have. I have the freedom if I wanted to retire today i could retire today and live comfortably for the rest of my life it's that peace of mind it's the peace of mind knowing that um, i think three years ago uh, i was on holiday with my family for uh, four months in the year and we traveled around the world um, and we stayed in the best hotels and uh, flew in the front of the plane yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah we enjoyed life we got to enjoy you know experiences and make memories and um, I-, I like to believe I- i'm a very simple person as well even some of the simple things there are the are many simple things that you can do when you have the freedom to be able to live life on your
0: yeah, the, the, I like the fact that, you know, you don't forget to enjoy and that's important. And yeah. I like the word you mentioned, enjoying with your family. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, that's, you know, small things that people forget on the way, on the journey. But enjoying with your family is and, exceedingly
1: and, important. Also something I forgot, I you know, one year I developed a like for fast cars and I bought some fast cars, participated in drag racing and I came second in the national competition. <laughs> I came second in the season for 2019 uh, in the national competition. And I know people are still waiting for my race with Mayor uh, in his Lamborghini <laughs> and in my AMG. Yeah. <laughs> we hope it will happen in the foreseeable future you, with COVID. You sound
0: like our own Richard Branson, yeah? eh? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, watch um, out for this so. guy. He's up to some outrageous stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. And um, probably, what, what what would you say is the silliest thing you've done? You know, just you know, the more relaxed, the more fun side of Sam. You know, what's something that's silly and just you know, fun that you've been able to? I do.
1: think for me, it's more of crazy yeah. than silly because you know, I like adrenaline activities, so I don't drink, I don't smoke. Um, and uh, for me, I think adrenaline is what what keeps me sane. So you know, I try to do I do things that are scary. That people often say this guy is crazy. I've gone shark diving, you know, in, with sharks, but not being inside a cage. And I was oh, swimming wow. among the sharks. There were about there were about six of them, right. You know, I've done skydiving from 13,000 feet to an area that was 1,000 feet above above sea level. So it was a 13,000, 12,000 feet fall. Things like that I the bungee jump pounds.
0: Yeah, so some of those things, Sam, you can give me your money, but I'm still not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you still won't find yeah. me there. And next
1: on my bucket list, I want to go and drive a race in Formula One car, you know, on a racetrack. Planned a trip specifically
0: for that. Just for that. Yeah. yeah the man who's not afraid to take risks. Huh? Yeah. A real entrepreneur yeah. at heart. Yeah. Sam, what do you think makes you different?
1: I would like to believe I'm not different from anybody else. We all see the same sun. We the same falls upon us, we breathe the same air. And I like to look at myself as an ordinary person. You know, when I dropped out of school when I was 17, I only got a qualification, my degree and my chartered accountants, I only got them when I was 25 years old. So I was, I did not have any special skills. What I can just say, I'm an ordinary person who's been persistent and who's done work, their work in a very focused way over a long period of time. So from the time I was 15 years old, I was very clear about what I wanted to achieve by the time I was 30 years old. And I wrote a book, it's called Becoming Successful. And in that book, uh, without writing it, I looked at the goals I wrote 15 years Ago. and if you saw me in the state I was when I wrote those calls you know it would be crazy to think that I've achieved those by the time I was 30 but when I looked when I was 30 years old I achieved 80% of those things you know and it gave me motivation to plan for the next 40 years so from the time I was 30 I planned for 40 years till I'm 70 and yeah just like how I had crazy goals and targets which I achieved 80% of maybe I'll do the same in the next 40 years.
0: You know? Wow that's that's super inspiring yeah. and Sam right now obviously there's definitely someone who's 17 years old yeah. or 15 years old yeah or 30 I'm looking at all the landmarks you know all the landmarks you've (laughs) or maybe even 70 Yeah, and looking back on his life or someone who's young and looking forward to their life. Yeah, yeah. What do you have to say to a person like that?
1: What I would say is that have a long term. The most important thing before you even decide what you're going to do at university or the job that you want to pick is ask yourself, who do I want to become in life? When I die, what do I want to be remembered for? You decide what that is and you work backwards. You must always have a very clear vision and a direction in your life and let your school be uh, dictated by your vision and not your school dictating your vision. The tragedy is that we have a lot of people that wander through life and they don't know where they are going and they expect the qualifications they do and everything they do to lead them to their vision. And then when they do their qualification, they get into the right race and they figure it's not actually what they like, like doing, but it's too late to switch over. So I would say the most important thing is to define your vision, define who you want to become. And then from there, you work backwards. Let your education fit that. Let your friends fit that. Let your associates fit that. Let what you read, what you watch fit into your vision. And trust me, success will be yours. An ordinary person like me was able to achieve extraordinary results by applying this very simple elementary
0: principles. Sam, thank you so much for being on the program. You're 31 years old now. You'll still be young four years from now. So we want you on the program four years from now to see where you are. I'll be very happy to be back. That's going to be super exciting. My name is Taku David and this has been The Young Money Show. We'll be chatting to young people like Sam who are making a change in their lives, a change in the industry and making a significant impact in all our lives Mm. around us. So guys, we'll catch you next week at quarter past seven on ZFM stereo where you can catch The Young Money Show. We'll be tuning in with more exciting guests. Z.